you're you're lovable and and we like you so <laughs> good <laughs> 10 points douglas there there we go all it takes what is a little ass kissing to get some points <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I could give a rat's ass about those points. I really, All right, then, I then you get ten more. You realize I'm dragging this out just so I can get something for the cold open? <laughs> I think you got to get the points coming from Damn. Michael. If you didn't get <laughs> Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this podcast to bring you some incredible news. We are under attack. Never before has this reporter seen such devastation, such destruction... Ladies and gentlemen, I fear the time has come for Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules! So grab a can of fermented weed and listen up. It may just save your life. Welcome to Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules, my friends and foes alike. This is your host, Douglas Arthur, for a, another fine edition of the show. I know it's been a while since we've uh, convened here on the internets for uh, our show, but tonight we have something special for you. And if you stick around, I have been promised that there is some sort of special omission. <laughs> And I don't know what that means, but there, there's there's going to be hijinks. Uh, jo- joining me tonight for the hijinks, uh, we've got uh, our old pal Brian Curtis from down hello, there hello. in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. How you doing there, Brian? Doing well, doing well. Awesome. It's great to have you back on the show. Uh, and uh, also here is uh, your buddy and mine, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons from Minneapolis, Minnesota, or, no, 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 I'm sorry, St. Paul, St. That's Paul. Right. I know you just how you... saw me starting to stand up, I, I, I did, I did. There was going to be a throwdown. Flannel was going to be unfurled. My fists were starting to clench, my yeah, teeth were... Yeah, yeah, I know how it is. So, St. Paul, I uh, I apologize. Thank you for having me back, uh, oh, Douglas. You're, you're welcome. And after that, I'm not sure you'll want to be back, but uh, <laughs> there we go. And uh, as I said, I'm your host, Douglas Arthur, and joining us uh, a little bit later, or, or so we hope... Uh, or, or maybe we're kind of crossing our fingers and hoping that maybe he doesn't show up. But uh, our old pal Michael Noble will uh, will be phoning in at some point to join us in on the discussion. He's out there in uh, sunny California and is probably uh, catching some rays and throwing a little ultimate frisbee, maybe surfing a wave. Who knows? Tasty Just like bud. Michael, he wants to be fashionably late. Yeah, yeah. For that Pacific time. Yeah, that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so by now you're all wondering what is the topic? What are we talking about? Um, it's it's something I've been wanting to do for quite a while, and uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk uh, tonight about cartoon theme songs uh and uh, i think judging from our pre-show lists we have quite a variety uh it's going to be a lot of fun this is not necessarily going to be a you know best theme songs ever uh list uh because i i honestly think that's kind of impossible to do 
Uh, there's too many that great theme songs out there, but we just want to present you with uh, some of our favorites, uh, maybe you know, hit on some old classics, and maybe touch on a few that maybe you, you wouldn't think of uh, uh, ordinarily, and, and that, are, that maybe uh, you know, should uh, get a little of your notice. So, uh, without too much uh, ado, uh, uh, what do you? Let's just jump in and talk about cartoon theme songs for just a just a few minutes before we get to our lists. Um, but uh, you know, I I think um, you know they're really like the songs of our our youth uh, growing up. Um, you know, and I and just looking over the picks that we have uh, coming up, you know, it's it's easy to see, um, you know. The, the kind of the age spread between you know between uh, Jim and Michael and and me and and me and Brian there's a there's a few years difference and uh, you know just looking at the pics you can kind of see you, you can kind of guess when we grew up mm-hmm. um, although mine are a little mine are a little more uh, varied um, but yeah you, you you took one of mine I didn't even think about I thought that was going to be the sleeper oh and I was like oh man how did I forget that there we go now now are we Limited to just carts, cartoons, or these these Saturn, Saturday morning kid shows. Pretty because, much, pretty much know. Saturday morning. You know, I, I mean, yes, I say cartoons, but I kind of lump in, uh, you know, because uh, there's Land of the Lost. Yeah, any shows of that, like that. Yeah, any of that Sid and Marty Croft stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it definitely qualifies. Uh, you know, and even even the non Sid and Marty Croft stuff. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. So what about what about the beginning of Soul Train? Because <laughs> that was the, I always, much... always knew that cartoons were over when Soul Train yes, would come on. Exactly. But it was deceptive because the exactly. Soul Train was a cartoon. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, the beginning. Right. Soul Train. <laughs> yeah, Don Cornelius. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's uh, right. That, that yeah, would that, come on. And cartoons were over. Every and every now and then, I would I would actually sit through Soul Train. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. So what, I was a Solid Gold fan myself. Oh, Solid Gold! There you go. Well, Solid Gold <laughs> dancers made it very easy to watch Solid Gold. I think it's true. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Some of those dancers on the Soul Train weren't too bad, and I was that was hitting me at a certain age. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was a little younger, so I, I, you know, who are these people? Why are they dancing on my TV? <laughs> After cartoons, <laughs> I want more cartoons. I want more cartoons. So, you know, should we 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 don't have that anymore. That is, it's not. There isn't the Saturday morning cartoon thing anymore. No. I mean, there are they literally still they died there. in the fall. The only the last station that was having Saturday morning cartoons stopped doing it. Oh, yeah. because it's you know, Douglas, you remember when uh, it would be like the Friday, yeah, the week oh, yeah. before or something like that. That the the networks would have their you know their Saturday morning previews or for this season of Saturday morning previews. Uh, you Absolutely. remember those? I found some and posted them on uh, the yeah, Nostalgia yeah. Zone. Those were page. those were. I, I mean, I used to remember like looking forward to those so so much and you know i of course having looking back at what you posted mm-hmm. <laughs> you know on, on youtube i was like wow what a pile of steaming crap. <laughs> you know you mean our taste change as we get older well, what was the mm. what was the one um it was hosted by uh what was it what was the kid's name uh jimmy olsen one well, of the osmond the, jimmy osmond jimmy osmond but then there yeah. was the one there was the one it was the kid from um Family Affair, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Whittick, Johnny Bobby. Whitaker? Yeah, Jimmy Whitaker. Johnny. Whittaker. Or Johnny Whitaker. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I believe he hosted one once too, and it was. Well, he had that segment in the Sea Monsters show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
but yeah, boy, yeah. kids are missing out today. Yeah, they really are. It's it's now now Family it's, Affair was that was Brian Keith? Did he play the dad on that? He did. He, he played Uncle fu- Bill. He, he was the oh, uncle. He oh, he's the, the uncle. Kids, the kids were orphaned, and he was their uncle. And oh man. And, See, well, fun fun fact about that is apparently using late seventies technology. I was supposed to be a girl, and okay. when I was a boy, they were like, "Uh oh, we need a name," and that show was on. Oh, there you go, Brian Keith Curtis. That's how I got my name. <laughs> That's oh, right. They didn't go for Mister French. I was about to say, I was like, I want to be Mister French. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I wish Bewitched was on, so I could be, you know, like you, you know, you could have been Darren or exactly, yeah, That's a- Derwin. <laughs> Eudora. <laughs> Eudora. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway. Um, yeah, the, the, I mean, those shows probably didn't exist by the time you rolled around, uh, Brian. But uh, No, they did. Believe it or not. I was one of the last generations that had Saturday morning cartoons. So you could just think, I, I was coming up. Um, I, I vividly the, remember did you 83. Have the pre- did you have the preview shows? Preview shows. They would come on. I remember one with Sherman Hemsley. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm I remember glad that. I, I'm glad and it I was when out of that. The kids from Saved by the Bell started. And oh, good God. Ca- Captain in the Game Master. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that. I don't remember that one at all. Wow. It's Captain in the Game Master. No, no, no. It was called Captain in the Game Master. It was a Nintendo-based cartoon. Oh, oh well, see. Okay. <laughs> I'm an old fart. It was, it, was, uh, it was on after Sonic the Hedgehog, right? So it came up before Sonic the Hedgehog. I remember oh. Sonic the Hedgehog. Too. Oh, there we go. That was one of those. I was in high school when Sonic the Hedgehog came out. Oh, okay. I think. Right. Um, but before, I remember the, the the Pac-Man cartoon. Oh. And Dragon's Lair. God, the Pac-Man cartoon was horrible. Horrible. Yeah, there's not much to go by, though. No, I mean, no. It's like, why are they making a cartoon of this? Well, it's popular. Like, what about Rubik's the Amazing Cube? <laughs> See, I can go for the deep cut. I wasn't as good on David Bowie, but I can go the deep cuts on cartoons. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, especially stuff that kind of came out uh, after after our time. I, I think I stopped yeah. watching the Saturday morning stuff by, you know, by the, about the time I hit college in the mid-'80s. So uh, at, at that point, I was start, you know, we started watching the, uh, the syndicated stuff in the afternoons. We were watching a lot of G.I. Joe, Thundercats, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and nowadays, uh, the cartoons seem to exist like on Nickelodeon, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So you get the Mm -hmm. adult swim, uh, cartoons. Mm -hmm. There's actually more cartoons on TV now than there were back then, which is great in a way, but they're almost, it's weird. Like they're all like adult and not at night. (laughs) Right. Unless, you know, unless you get the Disney stuff, which is like, you know, Disney junior, which I'm sure you watch some of with Disney junior has some, actually some of the Disney junior shows got honorable mention. Oh, excellent. I mean, I mean, I was worried, you know, everybody says, you know, I'm getting to the, at the age now where it's like, you know, I had to go uphill both ways. But she has, Penelope has, <laughs> that's my daughter, she has some very wonderful cartoons to watch. I'm very excited for her. Well, but she can watch it any time, which is not fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You need to wait until, uh, you know, Saturday mornings. Until Saturday. Oh. Uh, you so. know, and for a while during my youth, when in, in uh, post-1973, on through, I'm not sure how long, uh, when we moved to a new neighborhood, we used to go to Catholic school before then. And us kids were all complaining, can we just go to public school? Let's go to public school. We don't want to go to Catholic school. And my parents said, okay, you can go to public school, but you have to go to religion classes on Saturday morning. So, oh. <laughs> oh, that was. So we would miss out on some things. Uh, it was a, it was a 
terrible compromise, but oh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I only had the three networks and PBS because yeah. I lived out in the country and before we didn't have a satellite dish. And so I had relatives that would tape G.I. Joe and Transformers for me. Well, well we only had the three networks and PBS. Okay. <laughs> See? But, but but that's what certain have cartoons were tape. for. <laughs> we didn't have anybody could tape anything for us because VCRs who had didn't exist. Tape. Yes. Tape. <laughs> exactly. Is it weird though? We still call it taping. Yeah. <laughs> On DVR, I'm like tape that because yep. you're taping it. <laughs> so uh, that's that's true. That's true. So okay. So we've we've established. That we like cartoons. <laughs> yes, they are awesome. <laughs> so why don't why don't we jump right into it um, and uh, let's get to let's get to your uh, first pick uh, in your top five. Even okay. though these aren't really ra- they're sort of ranked, but not really. Mine okay. are because I'm just that anal. Okay, okay, Jim. We'll, we'll <laughs> I ranked mine, but it's record. more of an amorphous blob of everything that's good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so so my number five was Thundar the Barbarian. Ah, Thundar! Thundar the Barbarian! The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet, hurtling between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old. A world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Ookla the Mock and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. I love Thunder. Uh, Such a great show. I don't remember the theme song that much, but uh, I do remember I, I do remember the show quite well. And and one of the cool things about that show that was um, a lot of the character designs were done by like uh, Jack Kirby. Yeah, comic book artist Jack Kirby, Alex Toth. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even Ditko might have worked on that show a little bit. He might too. have. He worked on a lot of stuff. He did a lot of stuff in the eighties. Oh, and yeah. uh, from Howard the Duck, uh, Steve Gerber. Oh yeah, worked yeah, yeah. On it. yeah. Gerber, mm-hmm. you're right. Yes, he wrote some of the scripts uh, for that. So yeah, that was that was a that was a neat show. You know, it was mm-hmm. uh, you know where science and sorcery mix. <laughs> that one that in night it happened at all in 1994 when uh, a planet came between Earth and Earth's moon. Yeah, that's right. I think it was a comet, wasn't it? A comet? It might have been a comet. Well, but it, but it, but it, you know, it broke it broke everything, apparently. And then you have to wait to a thousand years in the future, and then you see the world of the future, and it mentions sorcery and super science, and you actually see the Legion of Doom from Super Friends with like moss all over it. <laughs> uh, and it was like it was like just it was like the timpani drums and it was like cuz it was just a guy talking over it and it was like you know bah, 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 just the greatest thing <laughs> uh, I mean, excellent excellent well that, that i i agree that that is worthy of inclusion here and also i loved it because it told the whole story it gave you everything you needed in the opening i think i think a cartoon needs that 
I, you know, I agree. It, it, as, I, as I recall, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, as I recall, it, it does give you the entire backstory right then and there, and boom, you're, you're in the show. You know everything you need to know. To and then anything can happen. It can be like laser guns or sorcerers, and there's like Chewbacca, but they couldn't call him that. He was so he's Uclu the Mock. <laughs> that's right. And, well, and it was just just a great show just the designs were good and it's like that's the thing it was it was hard for me to like differentiate between the song and the show but to me that was like a perfect mixture of all of them well i agree great 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 pick all right jim okay. let's okay. let's move on to you what do you what do you got for your number five my number five is from 1966 space ghost <laughs> Love that space ghost. Space ghost. That's right. Kind of thing. Hanna Barbera. Uh, they had a whole slew of these kinds of uh, adventure cartoon stuff. Uh, Herculoids. Uh, they had you know, but this space ghost mixes in uh, some Scooby Doo and Johnny Quest adventure into the music, and then throughout the entire you know, the opening sequence, there's all this. Uh, you know, the sound effects from the show that were so important to the Hanna-Barbera shows. And it, no matter what the quality of the show itself was, they always had fantastic music in the oh, Hanna-Barbera yeah. stuff. So that, that opening sequence is great. And as a bit of trivia, Gary Owens of Laugh-In was the voice of Space Ghost. Yes, I did not know that. Yes, See, I'm, just, I'm familiar with the new Space Ghost voice because of Coast to Coast. Yeah, and uh, that little beeping noise you heard means we have a special guest who's joined us. <laughs> Are you there, special guest? Yes. Hey, that it's was our, awesome. It's our pal Michael Noble. How are you, Michael? I'm so good, I can't stand it. Oh, his well, timing we... is perfect. He got here just in time for his pick. That's right. <laughs> yes, we 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 picked numbers before the before the show, and uh, you were you came in third. So, um, oh, I came third. Well, oh, I was going to say I came last, and I would have said, "Oh, what a coincidence." <laughs> <laughs> well, I I decided to give myself the last uh, the last word, so I'm I'm going fourth in this in this show. So. Uh, but we were just discussing Space Ghost uh, for Jim, and uh, Brian uh, picked Thundar the Barbarian for his for his uh, number five pick. I have never heard Thundar the Barbarian the theme, so but I'm, you're aware I'm of lacking. I'm but, yeah, I don't so remember good. it. I'm going to have to look it up myself. I don't well, remember it at all. Or you can wait for the show because I'm going to drop it in and you can all hear it. Excellent. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You get to hear about man civilization cast in ruins. There. 
However, I did catch, I came in and heard that, uh, Jim, you had Space Ghost, right? Yep. Yeah, I did yeah. know that Gary Owen was the voice of Space Ghost. I did know that piece of trivia. Well, there we go. You get, gold, you get gold 10 star. points. Yeah, gold star for 10, <laughs> 10 points for you. Yeah, there we go. Use them wisely. All right. Uh, Space Ghost was awesome. I, I agree with that uh, pick there, Jim. Uh, I, yeah, and you're right. There was a whole slew of Hanna-Barbera shows around that time, Herculoids and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. That, that was Frankenstein Jr. Frankenstein Jr. was another one. Yep. Uh, what was it? Was was uh, Moby Dick, was there a Moby Dick cartoon? There was, there was, was it like a, a space Dick. whale or something? Birdman. Birdman. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, they revived all of these characters, you know, on uh, Comedy Central and, uh, and and Cartoon Network at some point, I think. Um, Wait a minute. Wasn't, wasn't that Harvey Birdman? Yeah. Uh, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Brian's exactly. Going well, deep. Space Ghost, Space Ghost is another great pick. All right, Michael, you're up. What's your number five pick? We're gonna throw you right my in. Number five. Wait, it's a good thing I have my computer up and I'm ready to go. Uh, my number five pick is, you know, I love the using the term monkey business a lot when I talk, when I write, when I think, which is really strange. So it's no coincidence that my number five pick is the theme from Magilla Gorilla. Ah, Magilla Gorilla. There we awesome. go. We've got a gorilla for sale. Magilla Gorilla for sale. Won't you buy him? Take him home and try him. Gorilla for sale. See in the window. Magilla Gorilla. Full of charm and appeal. This is the Magilla Gorilla Show, starring me and Mr. Peebles, with Mush Mouse and Pumpkin Puss, and Ricochet Rabbit and Drupal. Gorilla, Magilla, Gorilla, for sale. How much you got, Gorilla, in the window? Excellent. Great. Excellent choice. How much is that gorilla in the window? Exactly. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? Did, everybody, did anybody watch that? I did. All the time. I love that show. I've only seen a couple, but he's he's the least of known of my Hanna Barbera characters, probably. But there was great paper. More of a more of a compilation than anything. Well, Douglas, if, did, did you watch it, Jim? I don't. I don't remember. Maybe. But I, I don't I remember. Loved, I love. I remember the, whole, the character. I ho- I love the whole Magilla Gorilla show. There was a whole slew of characters that was was in there. It was uh, was it Breezley Bruin, uh, Mushmouth, and Pumpkin Puss? No, nope, yeah. Um, and. Uh, What's the other one? Oh, Ricochet Rabbit, of course. Ricochet Rabbit. Snagglepuss on McGilla Gorilla. Am I thinking? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one other that I'm missing. Oh, Trixie, Trixie and Dixie. The, oh, yeah, the two mice. Uh, no, Pixie and Dixie. Pixie and Dixie. Wasn't that with, with, with Jinx. Miss, yeah, right. uh, yep. Mr. Jinx? Mr. Jinx, yeah. Wasn't was, that uh, the cat? Um, the Puckleberry Hound, uh, Yogi Bear, that kind of. 
And it was Hanna Barbera, but it wasn't <laughs> they weren't in it that I can recall. But all those funky characters were like, like you said, Mush Mouse. And, Peter Potamus and was another one too. Man, that's a deep that? cut. Peter Potamus, <laughs> yeah, with his hurricane howl. <laughs> Oh, well, Douglas, you're the only one that watched it. You'll know how it ended. Then, how did how did the show end? Uh, in in darkness and and fury and tears. <laughs> uh, let's go a little bit before that. How about I think that? The, I think there was an ashen rain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Gorilla, yeah, yeah, that was one of the un un uh, animated. Uh, uh, Magilla Gorilla stories, Magilla and the Apocalypse. Yeah, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> Twas Beauty that killed the beast. No, oh, ma- like no, ma- Magilla, you know, pulled a but pushed a button that he wasn't supposed to. Really, we're, we're never going to get through this. If we don't stop. <laughs> this, this, this show has gone off the rails already. I can't yeah, we're still at number it was, five. It was uh, it was headed toward off the rails before you showed up, Michael, and you were just the the impetus to push us. Off. <laughs> Thanks. So, okay, so how did the show end? The show actually ended uh, with Magilla uh, and his catchphrase, we'll try again next week when he was returned to um, Mr. Peebles' uh, pet shop because, you know, Magilla always got into monkey business and no one, everybody, anybody who bought Magilla Gorilla ended up returning him because he was, he, he was, he was just a lump. That's all he was. <laughs> he, he, he was he was bad news, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Now, didn't it, no? He got adopted in the last episode, did he? Did he not? Where am I thinking uh, I'm of something? Old, I'm old, but I'm not that old. I don't I don't recall the <laughs> young No, I. You know what? I'm thinking of the season finale of uh, Run Joey Run. So. If, if it was Alf, it would. It means the. the Damn! The feds I stumped you guys him. with another deep cut. <laughs> True. Okay, Douglas. <laughs> All right. So McGilligar Gorilla. All right. Um, well, I'm going to go. Uh, my number five pick is going to be something a little more uh, modern and recent. Um, and I'm going to go with The Simpsons. memorable themes probably because it's been jammed into our skulls over the last 20 how many Th- years 30. has it been now <laughs> well yeah it's closing in on 30 years wow. Holy cra- I, I can't believe that has been on the air that long it, it really boggles the mind um 
but you know, but, some people will put like the the news on or the weather, like just keep it on in the background. Yeah, we do that with the Simpsons. It's kind of like video wallpaper at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I totally agree. But but uh, Danny Elfman's theme is uh, is great. Uh, I I just it's very memorable. It's very hummable, and it's very uh, Danny Elfman uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, legend has it um, that when he composed the theme, uh, you know, Matt Groening had um, had reached out to him because he was a big fan of Oingo Boingo and uh, some of, you know, his soundtrack work at that point. You know, he'd done, a, you know, some stuff for Tim Burton, Pee Wee's Big Adventure and so on. And I'm not sure if Batman had come out yet or so not. Batman was 89. Batman so. was 89. So maybe not. Maybe this was just before because I think... Simpsons debuted in 80... Well, you know, they were on the Tracy Ullman show um, for a year before they kind of spun off onto their own their own mm-hmm. thing. Well, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But uh, but the legend has it that uh, he, he basically wrote the theme overnight. Um, and, uh, you know, Matt Groening had just kind of said, these are... He, he had given him a mixtape of of music that he's like, these are some, some of the influences, uh, some of the things I'm going for. And there was like Frank Zappa and, you know, Carl Stalling stuff from the Looney Tunes and, um, you know, and a bunch of different, you know, obscure things. And, uh, you know, legend has it that, uh, Mr. Elfman kind of went off and overnight came back with, uh, the Simpsons theme, uh, you know, the next day. Um, you know, kind of throwing everything in the in this bucket, <laughs> and that's what he came out with. And it, and when you listen to it, you definitely, you know, if you know your music a little bit, you can definitely hear all of those influences kind of on display in this, uh, in the theme. So, um, there you go. That's my number. Good five. choice. That's my number. Very five good choice. The Simpsons. All right, Brian, we're back to you for round number four. All right. So round number four. This one was a tie. Uh-oh. And I couldn't help it, but I had to have a tie because they, they, they both mean a lot to me. And it's the, the 90s X-Men theme okay. and the 80s Spider-Man theme. Spider-Man! talking uh spider-man and his amazing friends or see, see no it was the season before that and it was syndicated uh, and it was just spider-man okay all right no you're right i remember that i remember that and even though i watched spider-man and his amazing friends more and i remember it more um i never will forget him telling storm to uh as they say in department stores charge it lady for some reason, that's in my brain forever. Because <laughs> that's Spider-Man to me. But to this day, that voice on Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends and Spider-Man is how 
Peter Parker talks in my head. <laughs> well, it, that's what he always talks in my when I read Spider-Man comic. I I still remember the episode um, when the X-Men crossed over because they were they were kind of trying them out before they spun them off into their own show. And, oh yes, uh, and they and they gave. They were true to the comics, and they gave Wolverine this really bad Canadian accent. <laughs> and it, there was, it was awful. No, yeah, was it was Canadian, really bad, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he was Canadian, <clears throat> yes, in the comics. I mean, you don't get that from the from the movies, but uh, I'm okay. the best at what I do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he puts a, a mouse in a beer bottle and goes to Elsinore and <laughs> give me a labats, <laughs> Bob. But but I love that Spider-Man theme because it just feels like Spider-Man. And the X-Men theme is the same way. It's like electronic and it's 90s. And it was just when I was, you know, getting into music, you know, and and I was like, this is cool. And just got you pumped for X-Men. the x-men theme a bit i don't know that i totally recall the 80s spider-man i'm gonna have to look that one up um but uh i mean i think um i think spider-man might show up again on the on our countdown Uh, and spider-man's never bad he's like pizza we could probably do a top five (laughs) spider-man themes Uh, we could (laughs) it's like scooby-doo of his million themes that he's had yes exactly Exactly. Well, those are excellent choices, um, and and I agree. I think uh, uh, the X Men theme I remember being fairly memorable. So, good good call on those. Thank All you. Right. And it was just totally '90s, but oh, I, yeah. I love that about the X Men because that was when they tried to make them '90s. Because for years, even in the '80s, the X Men dressed like it was the '70s, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's no problems with that whatsoever. But it was like. Because I hear people say that's totally '90s, and I'm like, "Yes, and shut up." <laughs> it's the way it's supposed to be. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then I just want to say, "Get off my lawn!" But I don't know why. I'm trying to figure that out. Wow, Grand Torino, effective uh, <laughs> there. Wow. <laughs> All right, Jim, what do you got up for us next? With number, number four, a little bit of bluegrass music here. It's uh, the theme song for the Roadrunner show Yay! from 1966. If you're on a highway and Roadrunner goes beep beep. Step aside or you might end up in a heap Roadrunner, roadrunner runs on the road all day Even the coyote can't make him change his ways Roadrunner, the coyote's after you Roadrunner, if he catches you, you're through Roadrunner, the coyote's after you 
This was uh, Warner Brothers, of course, and it was written by a gal named Barbara Cameron Coulter. Huh. She also sings on the song, but uh, I always loved it. I just because well, these things. All my shows are probably just a little bit before my time, except for maybe one of them. But they were still playing on Saturdays whenever we'd watch it. So I just, I just love that. The sound effects, of course, you got the, the beep beeps going on constantly, and the you know, all the stuff happening with. You know, Roadrunner being chased by Coyote. It's I think it's a terrific, terrific tune, and a great uh, theme song. Now, was that the was it the Roadrunner? But it was was it also all the the Warner Brothers cartoons, the Looney Tunes? I or was think it just they, Roadrunner. Well, I think what they did at some point is they did like the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour. Yes, that's what that's what I remember. And then inside there, they would have the Roadrunner theme when it would get to his part of the of the hour, I guess. Right. Ah. Right. See, that ran for like twenty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably where I know it from. And at some point in the '80s, they started uh, editing the cartoons because they were, you know, harmful for the kids. Oh, some of them were. <laughs> but who was going to throw an anvil at somebody? On now, Jeez. yeah, harmful, right? <laughs> I had to ask my parents what an anvil was. <laughs> can I get one? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm putting it on I my. Drop it on my younger brother. <laughs> The whole thing is, is like I couldn't. My, I remember my dad telling me, "You can't lift an anvil anyway." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. <laughs> well, there Fair you enough. Go. That's great fatherly <laughs> advice, right there. You know, I'm gonna pull that one out whenever I have to. So, ex- excellent choice there, Jim. I like that one as well. I like that one as well. All right, Michael, we're back to you. What do you got for your number four pick? Well, my number four was actually my number five, and I screwed up the order. So what I've done is I've rearranged my numbers, and one that I had at number three uh, is now relegated to my, uh, my honorable mentions. But uh, my number four, which used to be not my number five, it is uh, the <laughs> venerable... Yogi Bear! Yogi Bear is smarter than the average My bottom three, and they're really not bottom three at all, you'll notice are these things are all just older than dirt tracks. It's because that's kind of what I grew up with. I really didn't like the cartoons much, but I really dug the theme songs, and I especially mm-hmm. really like Yogi Bear theme. It's, it's something I mentioned earlier. It's, it seems like they put a lot of effort into the theme songs, almost more than the rest of the shows in some Even of the openings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the openings and and, and the, the music throughout. I mean, just like the the Warner Brothers cartoons. I mean, full orchestras with this stuff. 
They actually crafted these things. They had to mm-hmm. run them by uh, 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 a bunch of studio uh, heads and whatnot to make sure everything was hunky dory and whatnot. It's not like some of the things uh, uh, nowadays that uh, you know you just blink out a little thing on on a keyboard and, and you're good to go. Not to say that they're not not to not to downplay any of those because there are some really good themes for for cartoons in the last 10, 15 years. But some of this stuff, Miguel Gorilla, Yogi Bear, you know, a few other things that, that we have on our list. Uh, these things were crafted um, just like you would do any type of tune for for musicals or film or whatever the case may be. And I, that's one of the reasons I like Yogi Bear so much. Not only that, I can do mm-hmm. a pretty good Yogi imitation. Oh, there you go. Let's go. Uh, I, I, I might, I might get to it, but here's here's a little bit of trivia. <laughs> uh-huh. I see, I see. <laughs> here's a little Boop-boop. bit of trivia. The dude that wrote this thing is a guy named David Gates, and I was trying to figure out. I knew it was some musician out there, but he is the lead singer of the pop group Bread. Believe it or not. Oh, I remember yeah. Bread. Bread. Yeah, he. Um, they got moldy. You know the song, Fred? Uh, what are some songs? Uh, baby, I'm, baby, I'm a want you. Baby, I'm a need you. You know that. Sure, and they, he'll and sing, they showed but he up, won't uh, do his yogi impression. They showed up on an episode of the Hardy Boys Mysteries, I believe, as well. Who did yogi? No, no, the, the bread. Oh, bread. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> if they were to get back together like Jefferson Starship, it would be like Wonder Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Z- Zane and go. Jaina, <laughs> the Wonder Twins. There you go, Douglas. Okay. Oh, it's my turn again. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know. Remember, we don't have Brian forever. Right. I know. I know. I know. I. Okay. I'm sorry. I. No, you know, I'm just hosting this show. I don't know what I'm doing. All right. <laughs> so my number four. Um, again, it's going to be something a little more modern, although I guess it's been about 20 years now. Um, but uh, one of my favorite theme songs was the theme from Ren and Stimpy. which was a, a great, great uh, kind of rockabilly uh, theme song. Uh, what most people don't know, unless they're big fans of the show, was uh, that the uh, the main animator, John Chris Falusi, also was uh, instrumental in, in writing the, the theme. His band, and I forget what they were called, like the Doghouse Blues Band or something, um, they did, they wrote the theme for Ren and Stimpy. Um, and uh, I, I always, I always liked it. You know, it was just, it was kind of a throwback to, uh, you know, an earlier era, um, and uh, just, just a fun uh, kind of rockabilly, jazzy kind of theme. I really, I really dig the Ren and Stimpy theme. Mm. Yeah, this is a great show too. Yeah, it was really good. Space madness. <laughs> <laughs> the shiny candy-like button. <laughs> it is not you who are mad. <laughs> 
Oh, you'll dig it. You'll dig oh, it's it. It's so good. Yeah, I, I, if you love animation at all, it, it's worth it's worthwhile. It was really subversive for the time, too, because it came on Nickelodeon, because they were like, we have Rugrats, and I know, Doug, you probably dig Rugrats, too, oh, yeah, because yeah. of Mark Mothersbaugh. Yep, and, yep. Um, but then there was Doug, you know, it's like, oh, Doug, and then it was some other show, and then it's like, and Ren and Stimpy, which was so crazy. <laughs> very, very much, very much. All right, so All right. that uh, that brings us back to Brian. All right, Brian. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, Clock, clock's ticking. Well, in that same vein... <laughs> Um, I like the Warner Brothers cartoons when they finally had that. It was, of course, I love the classics, but the revival in the '90s of Warner Brothers animation, and the, I, I loved all of them. I loved Tasmania, Freakazoid, Tiny Toon Adventures, but Animaniacs. Any theme song that can have changes in the song, you know, one time it's like, here's the show's Mamie, Eisenhower Mamie. Uh, <laughs> they mentioned Bill Clinton playing the sax. Yep. Such a good, just funny. Yes, it was. It, it was, was definitely a rapid fire of, of pop cultural references. And that, uh, Didn't that have Pinky and the Brain within? Yes, it did. I did believe that? so, okay. yes. Which had another good theme song. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Buttons and Mindy <laughs> and Good Feathers. and See, you know how kids play Little League? And I didn't do any of that. I just watched cartoons. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. And it's, and it's paid off tonight. I think it has. That's right. <laughs> Building up to this moment. All right. Animaniacs it is for, for number three. All right. Moving on, Jim. What do you have for your number three? Number three, I have the classic Spider-Man theme song. From yes. 1967. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there! There goes the Spider-Man. Wherever there's a hang-up, 
you'll find the Spider-Man. That is an awesome. Oh, awesome. That and is now, an awesome. Now, this song has some pedigree. It does. Uh, it was written by Paul Francis uh, Webster. He did the lyrics, and Bob Harris did the music. Now, Paul Francis Webster has been nominated many times for Academy Awards. He's won three times. One of them was for the song Loves a Many Splendored Thing. I think he's won a Grammy Award. I mean, this song has... Wow. It, this, the background of this has some gravitas, and it's just such a catchy tune that has been so completely connected to the character. Uh, you know, it's just... It's because it even shows up in one of the renditions of the Spider-Man movies that have come out. Uh, the first Tobey Maguire one or something where they have street musician playing it. I think so it actually just, showed up in the uh, in the third one. <laughs> it ought to show up in all of them. Replace <laughs> that Stan Lee guy and just have the Spider-Man song show up. Well, so the, you know, the kid the Ramones do it. Oh, yeah, that's a great the cover. Did it. Yeah, yep. Now, mm-hmm. the, 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 the funny thing was with the uh, the Spider-Man cartoon from, from the 60s um, was that it was not very good. I think the first oh. season, the first season was okay, but then the second and third season, they got taken over by an animation studio that was uh, actually run by Ralph Bakshi, um, who would later on, uh, go on to do uh, some, you know, Nine Lives of Fritz the Cat and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of other you know, Wizards. Bunch of other was that Ralph yeah, Bakshi Wizards was, was his. Um, so... Anyway, uh, those were like some really surreal uh, and and just creepy. I, I, you know, I even as a kid, I was like, "What is up with these episodes?" It's like somebody took drugs, um, <laughs> and they somebody did. did. <laughs> so, I mean, my theory, uh, my theory is the show lasted three seasons on the strength of the theme song. It was like so catchy and fun that mm-hmm. people just wanted to hear the theme song and uh they tuned in we well, remember yeah, the other yeah. marvel com marvel comics cartoons at the time were just oh. the basically the drawings that they would just move around oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah but they had good theme songs too the thor one's amazing <laughs> i mean uh, i wouldn't say amazing I, that would be spider-man i don't but i don't i don't remember the thor one for some reason from the rainbow bridge of asgard <laughs> through the mighty heaven roar <laughs> You be coming about the something, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. Oh, he wins. All right. I think we can stop the show right here. Okay. And, and then man's civilization was cast in ruins. <laughs> and a thousand years later was exactly. born. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I had to do it. I'm sorry. All right. Let's. But I'm, but I'm not really sorry. All right, let's let's move on. Spider-Man uh, is an awesome awesome theme and I think that I think that was on pretty much everybody's list and we kind of had to fight for it. Yes, we did. Um, mm-hmm. So, that was that was a great pick. Um all right, Michael, we're back to you. What do you got for us for your number 3 pick? My number 3 and my number 2. Again, here's here's a cartoon that I really didn't watch. I just tuned into the the theme song itself. So, uh, Doug, or not Douglas. Uh, Jim threw down uh, something about pedigree on his last number three, so yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down pedigree with my pick here of uh, the theme song for Legal Bingo Group Snorky, also known as the Banana Splits. <laughs>
that song was uh, known as the Tralala song. Mm-hmm. Um, the pedigree part of it is the music within the show itself had quite a few different names, and you may recognize some of them. I don't know if you guys know much about this. I, I did an article on this. That's what I knew about them. Um, there were a bunch of studio professionals in there, such as Joey Levine, Barry White, Gene Pitney, Jimmy Radcliffe, wow. and Al Cooper. Al Cooper. Barry White now, worked on Al- the Banana Splits? Yes, they yeah, were maybe. some of the <laughs> professionals that did some of the music for the in the Banana Split. Al Cooper was the dude who was responsible for uh, for putting together Blood, Sweat, and Tears. So that's that's right. Talk about, that's your, right. Talk, talk about your pedigree there, Mister. Uh, I I don't wow. know. Yeah, but did, did did they win an Oscar? Nah, huh? <laughs> eh, eh. They might have won a Grammy though. Yeah, I'm sure they won more than one. Uh, with that, uh, Al Cooper won a, won a few awards, but an Oscar now. So the the theme itself, there there was a lot of um, there was a lot of back and forth, including some legal uh, mumbo jumbo with regard to the theme. But um, the dude that was the musical director of Hanna Barbera, his name was Hoyt Curtin. By the way, Hoyt Curtin did the um, what was my number five pick down there? McGilla Gorilla. Gorilla. He was the one that uh, composed the Gorilla. Gorilla. Um, it was supposedly the song was co-opted by Hoyt Curtin, but there's about three or four different musicians, including uh, members of Cream and the Almond Brothers, that contributed to the Banana Splits Tralala song. Believe it or not, Man. some funky, uh, some pretty yeah. interesting uh, uh, um, uh, personalities that are in this thing. Wow. Excellent. And is, uh, is that uh, Sid Marty Croft? Was that was that a Marty Croft thing? Yeah, I think so. Hanna Barbera. Sure. No, it was really. It was Hanna Barbera. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Maybe that's wow. why it was good. Yeah. <laughs> no, because because they. I remember they they. Um, if my memory serves me, they also did like a. It was kind of part live action, part cartoon. Um, like Banana Splits movie or something. It was like a mystery. I don't know. My my memory of my youth is is did like Kiss Me the Phantom show up in there? Yeah, it was something no. like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh, the Bana- Banana Splits Adventure Hour, and and there was a, it was also known as the Banana Splits Friend and Friends show. So yeah. Well, according to the uh, the the internets, the series was produced by Hannah and Barbara, but the set, costumes and the sets were designed by Sid and Marty Croft. Look at oh, that. there you go. And then, oh, there you, know you go. I'm guessing that the success of the Banana Splits spun them off to do their own shows because those, their, the Sid and Marty Croft shows kind kind of came a little bit after the uh, Banana Splits. Mm, okay. And, and then they like they theory. were an empire. They took on McDonald's and won. Yeah. I can't have Mayor McCheese anymore thanks to them. Those bastards. All right, Douglas. I gotta uh, keep reminding you. You know. Yes, I I know. I know. I gotta keep. I gotta keep this go. The the show rolling. All right. So my number three pick is probably going to be one of the more obscure picks here on the show. Uh, number three, we've got um, the early '90s uh, cartoon Duckman.
remember Duckman. Uh, Jason Man. Alexander did the uh, voice of Duckman. Um, it was on Nickelodeon. It was on around the time Ren and Stimpy. I think it kind of came on the coattails of Ren and Stimpy. It lasted, you know, about one season. But was not what was notable about the theme song for Duckman, it is one of the last musical pieces composed by Frank Zappa. Um, mm. And and I... Th- I think one of the only uh, theme songs he ever did for a, for a television show. Um, and uh, uh, the, the animation, I be- if I remember correctly, was done by uh, Klaski Zupo, if that's pronounced. They, did, um, they went on to do the uh, Rugrats and stuff later on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Duckman is a, it's a really interesting, uh, theme. If you listen to it, you'll definitely hear, uh, it's definitely a Frank Zappa theme song for sure. Um, and it's one of my favorites and, uh, it's my number three pick. Very so, cool. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I don't have to, I've ever heard it. I barely remember the show. Just remember that it'll be on the show when I yes. edit it. It'll be dropped ah, in. You can hear dropped it. Dropped in. <laughs> Technology today. Wow. It'll be like we were just listening to it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all, right, all right, Brian. We got okay. we got you for another 15 minutes, so we're, we're, we're actually making we're good time happen. here. No, yeah. I'm okay. I'm good. All right. I'm good. Uh, my number two is, is Batman the Animated Series. Speaking of Danny Elfman, that's right. It's the same as the the, the eighty nine and the ninety two uh, Elfman soundtracks, but it, it's a little bit different for the cartoon. But it's still, that's just Batman to me. I, yeah, I and think, I really I, liked that series. That was a great Batman series. They I, they didn't try to make things look realistic. They they went for a, uh, an artist's style. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if, and I'm if I'm I might be wrong in this, but I guess the animation, the backgrounds were done on black. They were. That was right. Yes. Yeah. So, very so then I'm right. Very ten good. points mm-hmm. to me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, you got all the points today. Yes, you are. And and uh, the bulk of the um, music was done by a, a woman named Shirley Walker. Um, That's right. Believe it or not. So I think the theme. They, she took a lot of the Danny Elfman music and then kind of adapted it into a you know thirty second or forty five second you know theme song for for the show. See, and there's no no, no talking on it, and the the opening is just so cool. It looks like Art Deco. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's Batman. That's all I it's can say. Cool. Well, that yeah. that opening was actually the um, the test that they had done to kind of pitch the idea for the for the show. Um, that was that opening animation sequence for the title sequence. Um, 
because they were kind of pitching the show and they're like, this is what we want it to look like. Uh, and, you know, Warner Brothers was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and it wound up and they wound up using that as the as the uh, the opening intro for the show. So definitely, uh, definitely a cool intro. Very excellent pick there, Brian. Thank All you, right. sir. All right, Jimbo, what do you got? What do you got next? Number two for me is Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The original first season theme. Well, I better, get the, right, I better get the right Any of the other ones after that. <laughs> what about 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo? Well, I don't know if I know that one. Oh, <laughs> but the ones I'm aware of, you know, the, the one with Scooby, Scooby-Doo, looking for you. It's, oh, God, I hated that. <laughs> this one had, uh, you know, it has that 60s pop kind of sensibility to it and with the little spookiness to it. Uh, they decided, Hanna-Barbera decided for the second season and third season to change, to go with the same song and pretty much the same visuals, but go with a different singer uh, who had a bit of a, uh, uh, a British accent and this kind of tinny sounding, you know, David Jones kind of Davy Jones kind of voice. Hmm. And I, I, I was trying to think of why they did that. And then I remembered during that second season, they would integrate a, uh, a song into the montage sequence, you know, a little pop song they'd write for the episode. And they always had that guy singing it. Yep. So I thought, oh, okay, that's, they're just trying to keep it all, you know, the same, but that, I just always like the way it starts with the little sounds and the bats flying by. And it's just, they started out right, making it feel like it could be a little creepy. And of course I was younger when it came on. So it felt more creepy as they, as the Scooby-Doo's went on, they just, you know, introducing stupid characters like Scrappy-Doo and, you know, it's just, just Dopey-Doo and Dummy-Doo and, you know, (laughs) you know, and and some people kind of put them down, but I liked the season they did with the, with the guest stars. Oh, I did like that one. You know, the new Scooby-Doo movies? No, yeah, well, they did I did they did a season where they did um it was like Scooby meets uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, Scooby yep, meets yep. the Adams family, Scooby meets Sonny and Cher. Yeah, there was um, Jerry Reed and Dick Van Dyke and yeah. Jonathan Winters. Yeah, they met yeah, Jerry Jonathan Reed. Winters. Yeah. Jerry Reed, he was hot at that point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when he's hot, he's hot. That's right. that's right. And he was. And he was, exactly. So, yeah, that I, I kind of like that season just because it was kind of gimmicky and fun. Uh, and actually, they, Batman and Robin showed up. They did yes, a they Scooby did. Doo meets Batman and Robin. They did. How, how could you tell if Shaggy or Robin were talking though? <laughs> when they had yeah, they had a conversation, uh, I you know I think Shaggy had a little bit of a he had a little bit of a you know raspy voice from all the dope he'd been smoking. That's true. <laughs> and all the weird Shaggy sandwiches with like a full fish what? on it. 
<laughs> now, now, Jim, uh, just briefly, tangentially, um, we talked about Scooby-Doo uh, once before, I think, um, on our In Search Of episode, mm. and you talked about how it kind of helped formulate your skepticism. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it's one of the first shows in which, uh, at least we're showing kids, that uh, it never turns out to be a ghost or a, a goblin or a witch or whatever. It's it's somebody in a costume. It's never the paranormal. It's never the supernatural. It's always just something in this world. It, it showed, let's investigate, find clues, and, and solve the mystery. And that's all... That's kind of what skepticism is about. And then they lost their way years later, and they had an actual ghost show up, and I got really pissed off. But uh, that first season, they had it right. (laughs) Mr. Jenkins, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. That's right. It also followed the Matlock thing, where it's like the last person on the stand is the one that did it. Exactly. exactly. See, but the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo was when I was a kid, and Vincent Price was on it, and he looked like Doctor Strange. Ooh. Okay. We'll have to check Vincent that out. Price would be cool. I got to look at that. And those were some ghosts, because ah. Scooby-Doo opened a chest of demons. <laughs> See, I'm not going to watch it. Sorry. Oh, okay. My son was watching a later one with eco-witches or something, and it, just, and it, it, it had... <laughs> It had the guy in the costume and part of it, but then it had a real witch and a real. And I just went, "What in the hell is this? <laughs> this ain't my Scooby Doo." That, that fired me up so much. I wrote a blog. <laughs> well, wow, we are that, this a blog. <laughs> wow, Hanna Barbera. <laughs> all, all right, let's let's get back on the rails here. All right, Michael, uh, what's your what's your number two? Going, man. If I let Jim calm down a little bit, put him in the time timeout room for a second. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, Sorry. I, I dig this character. I, I, I know everything about this character. I've collected all the comics. I've met everybody that has anything to do with the show. It's just the theme song itself. Um, it was one of the last things that I needed to do, and I actually hunted down the dude that actually wrote the theme song for the show. The guy's name is Doug Katzeros, and I'll tell you a little bit more about him later. But the, um, my number two theme is theme from the animated The Tick. Good show. Yes. Now, um, fun show. The interesting thing about this theme is it was a competition to write the theme itself. Uh, ben Edlin, who was uh, executive producer and creator of the text and did the comic itself, um, he and a bunch of executives over at Fox um, put out a competition to actually write the theme for the show. And Doug Katzeros actually uh, won that competition. 
And if you go to his website, I don't have it on me, but if you Google him and go to his website, this guy is so prolific, it's ridiculous. Um, one of the things that he was doing is he wanted to include some very interesting trombones, and he actually sang them to the executive, Ben Edlin, to give them an idea of what the theme was. But Ben Edlin said, screw that. I don't want trombones in there. I think it's funnier, and it sounds better when you actually sing it. So Doug Katsaros actually sang the parts that were supposed to be slide trombones. And they went a little bit like this. Do dwee dot 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 dwee dow. Do dwee dot 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 dwee dow. And that is the iconic part. All right. So now two out of four of us have sung here on the show. I sung way better than Brian. You have to. Hey, I, hey. I don't know. I thought Brian did a pretty good job on this. I, I tried to put some heart into it. I'm not a good singer. <laughs> don't put yourself down, man. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do that for you, Brian. No way. Okay, I appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Um, well, the take. Anyway, a uh, couple more things, real quickly, about the tick. Um, one of the things is one of the things you will know immediately that um, uh, Doug Katsaros did is he did a little three-note ditty that everyone on this broadcast knows that's going to be listening or that's in this room right now recording this thing, and that is the theme from Menon. Can anybody sing that theme? The the minin like the the, the George Costanza George Costanza can by no, the exactly <laughs> by, Say it again. by menin. menin there yeah. we go see there now we've all sang there we've all sang <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot Michael it was hey, a trap no it's what I do it's a trap <laughs> you know how can you screw this up give me a break uh, any there there you go number two the tick. All right. Excellent. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. All right. uh, Moving on. My number two. um, We've talked about his work earlier, and I think we've got at least one more of his songs coming up. Uh, But my number two is the theme from the 1978 Hanna-Barbera Godzilla cartoon. Um, Our friend uh, Hoyt Curtin uh, produced this uh, this great masterpiece of uh, of cartoon themery uh and uh it's uh so memorable i could sing you the whole thing right now but i'm not going to because because for the deep cut because i'm gonna drop it in exactly i've got mad skills uh, <laughs> up from the depths 30 stories high free So yeah, it it's just uh, it's 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 cheesy, it's fun, and it, it came out at a time when I was 
really just jumping headfirst into the geek pool. Um, it was 1978. I was really into Godzilla movies. Star Wars had just come out. There was a Godzilla comic book uh, that got me really into comics. I, you know, we were really you know hardcore into collecting comics at that point. Um, it was just. Uh, it was a wonderful time to be alive. The Doctor Strange television movie was just on. That was awesome. <laughs> it was awesomely awful. but <laughs> He had that awesome 70s stash. It was great. Oh, oh my God. It looked like he just walked The mom out. from Arrested Development played yeah. like a succubus or something. That's right. That's right. I'd forgotten <laughs> she was in that. <laughs> she was much younger then. But, uh, yes, the theme from Godzilla – um, and that was before it became the Godzilla Power Hour. This is the original. Uh, that was that was Shogun Warriors. Uh, that was that was separate. I don't think. Um, no, this was uh, original. No, the Power Hour was Godzilla and uh, what was her name? It was like some uh, jungle jungle princess. Kara of the Jungle, Kana, Kara, Jaina of the Jungle. I'd have to go back and look at the ads. Uh, She had like this uh, tiara that she would throw like a boomerang. Um, And she could could shoot lasers out of her eyes. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was the one thing that was disappointing to me about the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla is that he had laser beam eyes. We were just like, Mm. why the fuck does he have... (laughs) I mean, Godzilla yeah, does what he wants. I, I was ten years old, and I was saying, "Why the fuck?" Is... <laughs> so he didn't have the fire wow. from his from his mouth. Uh, he, well, he did. Had that too, but... He had that too, but he also had laser beam eyes. Because of yeah. Star Wars, I bet. Come and on. and Godzuki. <laughs> Godzuki. Oh. I remember Godzuki. He was in the movies, though, wasn't he? Godzuki. Well, not really. Not not in the way that they made him on the show. I mean, there was, you know, baby Godzilla or Minya or whatever you want to call him. Um, but, uh, but he didn't fly around and he wasn't super goofy like that either. He wasn't, (laughs) he wasn't, uh, I mean, I guess he was comic relief in the movies too, but, Mm -hmm. uh, not, not so bad. And And he looked just like Chris Carter in the (laughs) football player, Chris Carter. He looked like, I'm going to look that up. He looked like Chris Christie. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so that's, uh, Hoyt Curtin, uh, making another appearance on our, on our countdown at number two on my list for the Godzilla 1978 cartoon. All right, Brian, uh, your final pick and it looks like we're going to get you out on time. I'm, I'm all right. Well, sounds great. Uh, But my my number one is GI Joe. GI Joe. Special Mission Force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. I learned not to pick up power lines. 
and talk to strangers thanks to that cartoon. Because knowing uh, but, is half the battle. Exactly. The other half is lasers. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a – that was, you know, everything was meant to sell you something in, in the early 80s. Every cartoon. It's like, you know, Absolutely. it's like trying to find a deeper meaning in Transformers. You're not going to find one. It was, but the deeper meaning was, you know, sale in aisle seven at Toys R Us. <laughs> exactly. The Transformers movie was meant to destroy your childhood and kill everyone you loved so that you could have more toys. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty but G.I. Joe was like, it was. It just got me pumped every time I watched it. And then they had like that little voiceover was talking about, you know, G.I. Joe was the code name for America's Special Forces. <laughs> Apparently well, was, there, there was no dress code. Well, that was how they justified it because uh, GI Joe was originally, you know, a twelve-inch action figure with kung fu grip, and right, a, and an awesome a, beard, and an awesome beard. Um, <laughs> but when they relaunched it in the eighties, uh, they, they, you know, they didn't want to do twelve-inch action figures anymore. And the yeah, idea, so they was, came up with these stupid little three and three-quarter-inch <laughs> little figures, and it, oh, I hated them because I was from a different generation. Handle, I liked like. I like my 12-inch tall, you know, Joe, Joe. Give me that guy with the hard hands. Even before Kung Fu Grip, that's how far back I go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> with painted hair. Action. <laughs> what was the other guy? Action Man or? Uh, Action Man. Captain Action. Captain Action. I've got one of those in the other room. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I love that's like the definitive cartoon of my childhood. It was Joe. Joe. Well, there yeah. you go. We used to we used to watch that in college. Um, it was you know like uh, GI Joe and uh, Thundercats um, were on in the afternoon, and then Magnum PI came on. Yes. <laughs> and then after that, it was time to go down to food service for dinner. That's right. <laughs> we see you mentioned like you know the, the openings though. You mentioned Thundercats, and GI Joe was one of them. That the opening they spent all their money on the opening. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Thundercats especially. It's like, you're like, this is going to be the greatest. Like, they, I think it was made in Japan. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, and then I might have drawn the actual Thundercats <laughs> at five. But, but yeah, Joe was the same way, though. It's like the show was, but that opening, though, whoo! That was, it that knocked was you down. Opening. It was so good. Thunder, <laughs> Thunder, Thundercats, ho! Mumra was like, oh, so good. Mumra, yes. <laughs> it works, too. And then afterwards, commercial for the toy that you just saw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent, excellent, very good, excellent choice, Brian. Uh, Thank you. And and now moving on to, um, uh, you know, if you if you have to leave, let let us know, and we we can uh, jam in some of your honorable mentions. Um, actually, okay. you know what? Why don't you why don't you give you give us your honorable mentions now? Okay, I had two honorable mentions, and I'll just do those real fast. One was from my childhood, and I can say this as an adult since we're all friends here. Um, uh, Jim and the holograms. <laughs> I loved Jim and the Holograms. As I said, there's generational differences. <laughs> That's true. I've never even heard of it. Jim and the oh, Holograms. Oh my goodness! It was. Uh, there's also Schoolboy Crushes too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that too. Uh, yeah, but um, Jim and the Holograms. Um, I it, it was considered a girl cartoon, and oh. it was basically the same plot as GI Joe, except it was with uh, band members. Hmm. Such a good good show. And my other honorable mention, though, is one of Penelope's favorite shows, and it's something that we can bond with. I, I and sure hope you're not going to say My Little Pony. No, not My Little Pony. There's no bronies allowed now, on this though, show. But, but Teen man. Titans Go. <laughs> Teen Titans Go. Yeah, it's Teen Titans show. Go. That's a great show. Oh, it's, so, it's, it's funny. Fun. It's and a fun show. 
the internet hates it because it's like it's supposed to be serious. And I'm like, but my little girl loves it, so stay away, internet. Let her, <laughs> let her have it. <laughs> I I like it. I it's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It is. It really is. The- and and so it actually, the I know this. I know the musical pedigree of this one because it was on the radio when I was in college. When I was doing college radio, and it's Puffy Anayumi. It's a Japanese band. Hmm. And they had their own cartoon for a while. Puffy Anayumi. Puffy Anayumi, and I'm probably butchered their name, but I was the only DJ that would play uh, the Teen Titans theme. Well, there you go. So. Well, that's that's an excellent choice. I've seen that, and uh, it's it's a fun song. So, excellent honorable mention. Thank you, sir. Excellent. So, just if if you have to leave any time, just let us know. And All right. Well, I guess I'll um, I'll wait and listen to what everybody else has for their number ones, though. All right. So that, that. that sounds like that sounds real, like a real quick. I want to I want to mention something about Teen Titans. I was at WonderCon a couple of months ago, and I was waiting for another panel. I forgot what it was, but I actually sat from Teen Titans Go. Everybody was up there, producers, all the voice actors, and the whole shot, and they debuted a brand new episode. I don't know what the name of it was. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and the voice actors are all insane. They are completely and totally insane. I'd never seen it, never wanted to see it, but I'll, I'll applaud you for that, Brian. Because oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And my little girl loves it because there's one where there's like a super fan, and they, they want to foster him. His name is Wally T, and they always say his name. Right. They go, Wally T. And we'll just, I'll just go by her and go, Hey, Penelope, Wally T. She'll go, Wally T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, moving on, uh, let's get to Jim's number one. My number one has a Minnesota connection. And if you guys know me, I'm all about my Minnesota connections. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the theme song for Underdog, Ooh, 1964. Underdog. There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. When criminals in this world appear and break the laws that they should fear and frighten all who see or hear, the cry goes up both far and near for underdog. 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 Speed of lightning, roar of thunder. This world the headlines read of those whose hearts are filled with greed who rob and steal from those who need to right this wrong with blinding speed goes underdog 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 speed of lightning more of thunder I think you awesome. had to fight me for that one. I think I did. I gave up pretty easily, though. <laughs> you did. You did. That's a good host. Yeah. Uh, and I thank you for giving up. I just really, really like that one. I like the ooze in there, and and just how it sets up and builds into the, you know, into the chorus of underdogs and, you know, speed of lightning, power of thunder. Yeah, it's just it's just great. And the Minnesota connection is, the song was uh, or the cartoon was created by these four dudes that worked for uh, an ad agency in New York called uh, Dancer Fitzgerald Sample. And they were doing this for one of their clients to sell breakfast cereal. And the client was General Mills, which is located or headquartered 
here in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. Yes. So it's just, it's a great theme song. It's just great. Yep. I, I, you know, just a little side note there, and I think I discussed this before with you uh, briefly, Jim, on on another episode, but I grew up uh, when I was very little uh, there in the, in the Minneapolis St. Paul area myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my older brother, Rick, uh, going to taste test cereals. Uh, I was a little too young. I wasn't allowed to be in the sample group, but oh. my, but Rick was old enough to go in and taste test cereals for General Mills. And I remember he went in and taste tested a cereal that became Captain Crunch. Oh man! So, wow. so there you go. Captain Crunch exists because of my brother. So That's awesome. There we go. <laughs> well, I would go that far. Geez. No, Captain Crunch is pretty awesome. So, so does Minneapolis smell like Cheerios, like Buffalo? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm from St. Paul. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. the 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 smell does not drift across the river. No. Oh, okay. No, it's not allowed to. Oh, okay. It's just to stay. We have big fans set up to push the air <laughs> to keep back the, to keep the Cheerios smell away. Keep Minneapolis away from us. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Jim, I, you'll you'll be happy to know, Jim, that um, back in the '80s, very early '80s. I got an underdog T-shirt, which I still have and still wear to this very day. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Excellent. All right. Uh, great pick. Uh, one of my favorites. Um, and and I think I threatened to use the uh, Butthole Surfers version uh, <laughs> of the song I when I one. do the when I do the drop in. But uh, but I'll, see. I'll and talking about the Scooby Doo, I love the Matthew Sweet version of that. Yeah, that's a great. We'll 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 talk about that album in in a little bit. But yeah, there was an album that came out in the '90s with all alt rock uh, mm-hmm. superstars doing cover versions of uh, Saturday morning cartoons. It's a great album, uh, actually. Um, and Butthole Surfers did Underdog <laughs> on that. <laughs> so I mean, maybe I'll drop that in, that in at the end of the show so you can give it a listen. But uh, it's a fun version. All right, Michael, what do you got for us for your number one? Well, my number one um, has still got it's just it's if you thought the tick was dripping with pedigree, if you thought any of my other ones were dripping with pedigree, this one is dripping with pedigree. In 2000, there's a um, comic writer artist, his name is Shannon Wheeler, and he does a <clears throat> comic called Too Much Coffee Man, among others. And he produced an album with this particular gentleman um, who contributed um, song too much coffee man when i first heard it i just wanted to get it because i collect just everything that has anything to do with too much coffee man when i got it and put it on to play i recognized the voice immediately and that voice was that of bob duro who did all the composing uh writing music and most of the singing on the theme the original schoolhouse rock which was multiplication rock all right. So, Full House yes. Rock is my number one. As your body grows Now, some of the pedigree. Uh, Bob Duro is still performing today. I've been, I've been, I've tried three times to get to see him. I can't get to see him yet. I haven't been able to do it. I'm friends with him on Facebook. The dude's 92 years old. He started his career back in the 50s. He wrote music talking about pedigree for and had a hit with Blue Christmas with Miles Davis. 
he uh, wrote, he co-wrote a song um, that was a top 40 hit for uh, Mel Torme back in the 40s or 50s, I believe. The guy's got 21, 25 uh, uh, pieces of vinyl to his name. He's a composer, saxophonist, pianist. Dude is just awesome. And he mm. recognizes his voice uh, right away. So he mm. was the perfect pick to do all the music for Schoolhouse Rock as far as I'm concerned. And I still love every single one of those things to this day. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think I I passed math class because of Schoolhouse Rock, and but uh, you know, I really honestly I I really feel like I learned a lot from, or at least it reinforced what I was learning in school uh, to such a degree that I mean I I I don't think there are any one of us uh, who who doesn't at least admit to singing one of these songs during a math test. <laughs> I didn't sing that one. Sorry. <laughs> no, <you didn't. laughs> but but, but I, I, I remember you. I, I used to sing some of these songs to myself during a math test. If I couldn't remember, like, my multiplication tables, it'd be, you know, it'd be like 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, you know. So I'd eventually get to the number I needed, um, you know. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, I really think the, those were great, uh, you know, great little pieces of animation. They were... They were truly, uh, you know, transformative in, in a lot of ways. Great they were a way to, get kids, way to get kids to learn without thinking they were actually learning, being educated mm -hmm. on these things. Mm -hmm. That's Exa exactly what ABC, ABC was doing when they put these things together. Yeah. Great hey. idea. Great idea. And didn't, didn't they do, a, a, you know, like alt bands do a bunch of covers of those songs as well? I believe so. They did. So Oh, they did. Right. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. Boy, I'm racking I up the points. <laughs> yeah, all the I points. Can't, I can't think of anything any off the top of my head, but I know they did, and they put released an album of that. Oh, let me. Th I like. I want to say, like Blind Melon did Three is a Magic Number. Yeah, or something, yeah, like they that. did. Yep. Oh, and if I'm right, that's ten more points. <laughs> Jeez, what's the points, man? I am the giver of the points, and tonight I'm winning. <laughs> Yeah, that's because you're giving yourself the point, not anybody else. Yeah, hey, I'll, 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 I'll give you a digit. <laughs> Whatever. I'm the, I'm the giver of the points. Yeah, I'm telling you, I make up the rules. The I gave some of those points. I, I gave Brian points well, earlier. I got some points. It's like the keeper I got ten points. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I should be getting a lot more points for all these pedigree things I'm throwing out there. But that's true. No, oh. I'm throwing bones all over the place. Do I get any damn points? No, I got 10 lousy points. I was wow. about to give you points, but I might take five away if you don't calm <laughs> down. Boy, our, our laid, our laid back... Take the damn points away. Our laid no, back no. Californian is really uh, not so laid back. <laughs> you know what, Douglas? You're not helping. <laughs> All right, Douglas. All right. Number one? All right, we've gotten down to our final, uh, our final song and our countdown. Uh, it's my number one... Uh, like I said, we talked about uh, Hoyt Curtin's work. Um, you know, previously he's obviously very prolific. He worked uh, with Hanna Barbera quite a bit, um, and uh, Jim and I actually did a show uh, on this uh, a couple of years back. Um, and, we're, and I'm talking about the theme from Johnny Quest. Thank you. 
uh, God, it's, I, I think, one of the best theme songs ever. Although I know that Michael will disagree because I remember uh, he, he interrupted our yeah. Johnny Quest show and was special, uh, you know, interruption guest for a few minutes. And he told me that he hated the theme song for Johnny oh, Quest. How can you hate but, the whoa, theme song? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's back, back up just a minute. You said I was a special guest, not a special interruptive guest. Yeah, but you did interrupt. Oh. So he starts calling in. You and Douglas and I were in a full-on conversation, getting good information out there. And then this guy calls in. <laughs> To give no, us a I don't know hard how I got time because so he doesn't down like on the bottom the of the totem pole, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was uh, episode 26 for those of you that want to go back and listen. You can see for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you can hear Michael interrupting. That's, that's there you go. <laughs> we, we kid because we love. There you we go. Kid because we love. But uh, Johnny, so. Johnny Quest is just uh, such a great song. Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, an instrumental and it's just full bore nonstop action uh it it really the horn section is a, is awesome and it it's just a driving with uh, percussion and drums and it's mm. very jazzy and it's uh, it's great um so did Hanna Barbera win I think Hanna Barbera won yeah i i, I really oh, do they, they, must they, have. they seem to have the most uh, Through theme songs. every list and like since the like the 60s they've had the hits in every decade well, let's mm-hmm. see. They've they've got two on my list. Got two uh, on mine. And uh, two on Michael's. If One on mine. At least two on mine. Uh, three, three actually. actually. They three on yeah. on Michael's. Uh, yeah, that's 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 testament to Hoyt Curtin right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the the dude dude's awesome. Um, and for all yeah. we know, he might have written the music for Thunder the Barbarian. <laughs> uh, see, I got to yeah. check on that because it was their last big action cartoon. Yeah, and so. I think. I think that was Hanna Barbera, or was it? Was, Ruby, it was or Hanna was Barbera. it Ruby Spears? Oh, was Ruby Spears? Was it? Did Hanna Barbera buy Ruby Spears? Of, probably at some point. Mm, okay. Uh, see, I don't know. I guess it wasn't. Ah, oh, see, well, I have. I don't have any Hanna Barbera then. But I was. I was toying with all those. I liked all the Hanna Barbera shows. But no, no, you know, no. action cartoons went out. Was GI Joe Hanna Barbera? No. Uh, that was Sunbow. Sunbow, okay. With special uh, consideration for Marvel. Marvel that, Comics had something to do with that well, and Transformers. It, it was kind of done in conjunction with the with the comic book, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which the comic book was awesome. It, they, they took it seriously. And I think that's a theme that goes with all the cartoons we talk about. They take it seriously. Like Larry Hammer wrote most of the G.I. Joe comics. Yeah. He was a Vietnam vet. Yep. And uh, I believe Herb Trimpey did the artwork in the early issues as well. Sure did. Michael Golden. He was, uh, Herb Trimpey was the go-to guy for Marvel for all the licensed comics. He did uh, Godzilla, Shogun Warriors, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) G.I. Joe. uh, Do Micronauts too? uh, No. uh, That was Golden. Michael Golden did did that. And then uh, Ditko actually took over artwork on that for a little bit. Um, for for a few issues, if I recall, I know he did at least uh, like Micronauts Annual Number Two, I think. Yeah, I think he did an annual, and then uh, Pat Broderick. Pat Broderick some... came in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other, Good other stuff. Player. But Hanna Barbera does win. Hanna they win the <laughs> ten points to Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera <laughs> for the win. All right. Uh, so we've we've come to the time now where we we want to do some honorable mentions. Um, so. Uh, what what do you guys have for honorable mentions? I know Brian's mentioned a couple already. Um, Jim, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, sure. Um, 
uh, Herculoids. I was between the two of them with uh, that uh, Herculoids theme and Space Ghost theme. I went with Space Ghost. Uh, Flintstones. Everybody mm. knows that song. Excellent. Uh, it's an excellent song. Um, Tennessee Tuxedo. C-C-C, Tennessee Tuxedo. And for pure exposition, H.R. Puffin stuff. Just what is that stuff, H.R. is Puffin? Peyote. That's what it was. Probably. It's kind of mushroom. I have Star Blazers. Yes, our Star Blazers. It's another exposition song, and that was a really cool cartoon. bit silly. Wait, wait, wait. Who just got so excited over Star Blazers? That was me. That was me. I dug Star Blazers. I'd get up on early Saturday mornings to watch. They'd have two episodes back to back. It was. It started out being like a, a two-hour feature film in Japan, and they yeah. and they expanded it into I don't know how many episodes, twenty-six episodes or whatever. They did, they did it with Battle of the Planets too, which is a good show. Yep. Mm-hmm. So those are my honorable mentions. Excellent choices. Excellent choices. Michael, do you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to throw I- out there? Yeah, I'll throw a couple real quickly. Again, um, stuff that I, I love. Well, I take it back. I actually watched this one. Um, I'll throw in the, the honorable mention that I screwed up in my numbers because you know, never mind. Um, uh, Felix the Cat. I love the theme from Felix the Cat because he's the wonderful wonderful cat. You know, whenever yeah. he gets in a fix, he reaches into his bag of tricks. So uh, your heart will go pit a fat watching Felix the Wonderful Cat. So there you go. Love well, it. Sells it right there, love, though. Love Felix. But um, my honorable mention, cool song. This is one of the few that I think that they actually put something into back to the back. Uh, we were talking about Miguel Gorilla and when they were actually composing the tunes themselves. One of the few that I think really holds true to that is Pinky in the Brain. Somebody mentioned it before earlier. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Love Pinky in the Brain, especially the uh, voice uh, uh, voices of uh, Maurice LaMarche and, and Rob Paulson. But the opening theme... Um, cool stuff. Uh, just kind of funky and uh, a mad monster party. Yeah. Yeah. Like, love it. Love it. Love it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Um, I've got I've got a few. I kind of compiled a, a bunch. Uh, I think some of you mentioned uh, a, a few of them. Um, but here's one that you guys didn't mention that I really like. Um, is actually the theme for Liquid Television. Which, oh, which was the MTV animated uh, series, uh, which was actually an anthology series, and so I, good. I love the theme for that, and it's uh, it's a Mark Mothersbaugh uh, theme. Um, I had to wedge him into the show somehow. Jump! Jump! Jump!
it's it's oh, a it's a great little theme, and uh, th there was a lot of cool stuff on that um, on Liquid Television. I really enjoyed Aeon Flux. Aeon Flux was on there, and um, Dog Boy. Um, they had they like adapted stuff. Um, like a Daniel Klaus comic book. Um, Richard Sala's 13 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. There was, mm -hmm. there was some neat stuff um, uh, on that show. They really did a, um, you know, they really tried to do some, some different things with that show. It was, it was, it was a neat show and the, and the theme was great. I really liked it. The so, so was that our glaring omission was liquid television? Uh, Not no, yet. That was, oh, 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 no, okay. no. The glaring, uh, oh, stunning omission um, <laughs> is coming up later from from okay. uh, our our pal Jim, who who claimed earlier to have a a, a stunning omission. So you have to stick around. Okay, I'm sticking around. Well, I, I, got, I got still, a little bit of time. I hope it's still an omission because uh, Douglas isn't done with his. Uh, uh, Right. Honorable mentions. My, so we'll see. And I have by, quite. By a, the I, way, I, I know I know Jim's stunning omission. So go ahead, Doug. All right. Well, um, uh, I do too. I actually. What? Yes. How's that possible? The, because. No. Okay. I, let's just the, let's find the, out. The, the stunning omission. Hammerman. Hammerman. Hammer. Hammerman. Hammer. Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are gonna do time. cartoon <laughs> i was sitting there oh, thinking right, it was going to be super friends now come on. Started, yep. <laughs> no <laughs> all right if that's, if that's not rap, if that's man. not rappy enough for you there is a theme song for the police academy cartoon that was done by the fat boys Ooh. what about the kid and play cartoon so uh well, you know, I, I think the, the Police Academy cartoon kind of trumps that because it's a cartoon for kids made from an R-rated sex comedy movie. Oh, that's true. Uh, Mahoney. <laughs> with a theme song by the Fat Boys. So, come on. How do you beat that? That's got be, to be uh, an award for one of the worst concepts for a cartoon <laughs> ever. Then there was the RoboCop cartoon, which is like, hey... You get to see Red Foreman from uh, the '70s show get like shot in the head. Let's make a cartoon from it. <laughs> exactly. 
All right. All right. Let me get let me get to my other uh, honorable mentions. Um, I think where there was a little bit of discussion uh, when we were talking about potential uh, themes for Hong Kong Fui. That was oh, a, yeah. that was a favorite of mine growing up with the great Scatman Crothers. Uh, we mentioned yep. Star Blazers already. Um, oh. And uh, another Hoyt Curtain favorite, <laughs> uh, the Jetsons. I think is yes, a, is I a, thought about that one too. Is a nice uh, a nice one. Uh, Looney Tunes, the uh, the original Looney Tunes uh, show. Mm. Thundercats we talked about. I like that that theme. And not to be outdone in the Thunder Department, Thunderbirds, um, which was the uh, Super Marionation show from uh, Great Britain. Yeah, uh, FAB. Well, not really a cartoon. Uh, no, neither well. is the banana, splits, banana splits, dude. Hey, you're harsh in my like, mellow. <laughs> Puffin stuff yeah, wasn't a cartoon. You let me let that one slide. Your points are very tenuous, young man. <laughs> yeah. so, all the points, you know, never mind. <laughs> Anyway, anyway uh, Pink Panther is also, I, I think, needed to be mentioned. Uh, Battle of the Planets, we, we briefly mentioned earlier. Popeye, I think. Um, that's another that's another famous theme song that, that was pretty good. And uh, going back to your Felix the Cat, um, I think this was done by the same people, but uh, Courageous Cat and Minute Mouse. bit of trivia about that show is it was created by uh, Bob Kane of Ooh. Batman fame. Um, there you and go. It, and it lasted I don't know, it was probably like a season or two um, but it, it was always paired with Felix the Cat whenever Felix the Cat was on then Courageous Cat and Minute Mouse came on afterwards. Who wrote that, Douglas? Uh, White Curtain? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> He was there, though. He gave the inspiration. No, no. Actually, it, it is somebody somewhat famous, and I've totally forgotten. All right. All right. Stunning revelation. Do we have our stunning omission? Real quick well, before Brian Well, it's not goes. as stunning as it would have been had Douglas had you not put Mark Mothersbaugh on your honorable mentions. But I it hit me last night. P, the event, the theme for Pee Wee's Playhouse. Ah. How, and I thought, and when I looked it up, I thought it was Danny Elfman. I looked it up, and I said, Mark Mothersbaugh. Douglas, how could you not have this on there? Because <laughs> it's not a cartoon. That's why. It is a Saturday morning show, and it's okay. Ten points, Michael. And and uh, I, I I also forgot to mention Phineas and Ferb too. To, oh, that's a great show. Which is another great theme song, uh, and of, of of more modern vintage. I was gonna do for one of mine, another Penelope shows she likes is a Sheriff Kelly's Wild West. <laughs> it's about a. Uh, it's uh, it's this pop singer Mandy Moore, and she's a uh, uh, a cartoon cat in the Wild West. Well, you can't go wrong with that. 
And I was like, that's just fun. Wild West? <laughs> yeah. That's, that sounds like a show right there. They should <laughs> they should make more of those. See? Cat yeah. in the Wild West. There you go. Gotta love it. All right, Brian. We'll let you go. Uh, All right. and then we'll Nice to hear meander- from everybody again. Enjoy. We'll meander around. Sorry about the Thor thing again. I'll apologize. <laughs> Thor? <laughs> I'm Thor. I'm Thor. You're Thor. I'm Thor. <laughs> Sorry. Hey Brian, you're going to put your daughter down, right? Yeah. <laughs> but don't 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 sing to her. Just don't sing. Oh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no lullabies for Penelope. No. We well, watched Teen could, Titans. That's you, all. Could, you, could, you could you could sing her the theme song from Wacky Races featuring Penelope Pitstop. See, and there. before she was born, I got her that cartoon series she has that there you go i've never watched an episode of penelope pit stop oh it's the only fun. time i've only seen her on laugh olympics it, so. penelope pit stop is is a fun show it's kind of a it's it's a serialized show they kind of continued the adventures in each yeah. episode oh, well wow. see wasn't but, there there was a wait uh, 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 there was a, a roller skating show uh haley's comet or something mm-hmm. am i thinking of that that's right yeah Okay. See, All right. Too many good shows. All right. Well, guys. All right. Thanks we'll a lot. Appreciate it. We'll see you, Brian. Yeah. Give our best to, you, to Penelope you and, Ella, and Elena. All right. The podcast sends its love and everybody on it. <laughs> okay. See, I just did it right then. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Bye, Brian. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Uh, all right. Brian's a good guy. <laughs> I, I'm glad he was able to to fit Boy, everything. Boy, you know, this was in his wheelhouse. I'm telling you. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I I have to say, this has probably been about the funnest show we've done. I Am, am I wrong about that, or is it just I had fun? Uh, I, I don't think I've laughed more than, than on this show. I wish my stunning revelation would have been a little more stunning, <laughs> but, you know, you build things up. Well, you uh, know. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I mean, Pee Wee's Playhouse is, is, a, is a, good, uh, a good stunning omission. I mean, uh, it, it probably should have made somebody's list. Or at least, uh, or at least, an honorable mention, and it did not. It was going to. You know it made mine, but only We're going to take off after the show, and and in the, in the coming week, there's going to be ten things that are going to pop into our mind. And we're going to read something or something, <laughs> and mm-hmm. every single one of those things should have been a stunning omission, and they probably would have been better than Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's all I'm saying. Hey now. <laughs> Listening to Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules. I'm your host Douglas Arthur, and uh, we've been talking about cartoon theme songs uh, on this uh, month's episode, or this—I don't know—how often does this show come out anymore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but we've been we've been talking about cartoon theme songs, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, we're glad you could join us. Uh, I've been joined uh, by uh, Jim, Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons uh, from. 
uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, Michael Noble from out there in sunny California. And I won't name the actual town because I know you're under witness protection. Uh, and, uh, and, and our pal Brian Curtis down in Nashville, Tennessee, who left us a little bit earlier. Um, and boy, he'll, he'll be glad he did when he hears the outtakes. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us and we'll see you again real soon. Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules is copyright 2016 by Douglas Arthur for Dugside Syndicate. All other content is copyright its respective holders and is used under the doctrine of fair use. You can contact the show by sending email to spacemules at yahoo.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at spacemules and head over to Facebook to check out the official Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules fan page for all the latest news, shows, and celestial ephemera. And don't forget to check out Cafe Press dot com slash space mules for all your space mules swag t-shirts hats coffee mugs you name it we have all the highest quality merchandise you can shake a zuni doll at be sure to subscribe on itunes so you'll never miss an episode all previous episodes are available to stream or download at spacemules.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Be sure to tune in next time when you'll hear my brother say, Oh, yes, I was groomed to be an astronaut. And then the monkey, the monkey took my rightful place.